Check one, two. Check one, two. Are you there? Hey, how you doing? What do you got going on today? Me? I wanted to talk to you. I wanted to talk to you about a few things, starting with some theme cruising. You guys know I loved my one and only experience on a theme cruise. It's still there. The desire, the the urge to get on a theme cruise is still there. So I did kind of look back and see what's available. I'll share that with you. Some of them are pretty interesting. It's actually pretty funny. We had a comedian not playing nice in a comedy club or on a carnival cruise ship. We're going to talk about that for a little. Uh, we have uh, some moves being made or possibly maybe being made by Costa Cruise Line. Uh, we have Norwegian Cruise Lines also talking about the possibility of maybe housing some migrants that are coming over. That's a little bit of a, a situation where it's a partnership with the city of New York. And Norwegian Cruise Line is basically dialing back all of its restrictions and you will be able to cruise hassle-free on any Norwegian ship. Let's start the show. Oh, we back for another one, right? <laughs> Bags are packed. Hey, Tommy, you ready? Let's go. We going in. Hey. It's the night before the cruise And if I'm honest, I ain't sleeping But even if I could, I'd be dreaming About this weekend, all the fun we about to have As we taking this vacation Always be booked on our way to embarkation Cause we know it's in store Pockets and palm trees, tropical sea breeze And frozen daiquiris, oh please Thank you sir, yes I think I'll have another Please don't blow my cover, cause I'm passing on the muster Bring a lover, bring a friend Bring someone you just met It ain't snowing where we going And the good times never end Here's the five more years, drinking beers, running Pierce, thanks for giving us your ears through the laughter and the tears. But we just getting started out here. Give us a holler if you're looking, you can find us somewhere south of the Bahamas. Getting hotter as we go, cones and we united. So sound that horn, cause everybody's invited. All aboard and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Always Be Booked Cruisecast Show, coming to you not quite live from sunny South Florida, Boca Raton to be exact. Very, very happy that you're able to join me today. We got a lot to cover, as I discussed in the cold open. Here's what we're going to do today, though. We're going to forego all the housekeeping. I'm not going to hit you with all the promos and the Patreons and this and that. You guys know that already today. I'm going to ask you to do one thing, if we can. We're trying to make a go of this thing. We're trying to get it out to as many people as possible. Forgoing the commercials today. Even Morgan. I gave Morgan Freeman the uh, week off. So you're not going to hear from him today. But what I do want to do is very simply ask you, if it's not too much trouble, to just share this podcast with someone who you think might like it. Yes, we know it's an acquired taste. You got to make sure you tell them about that too. But just have them share this with you know anybody. If it's somebody who likes cruises, somebody who likes podcasts, anybody that you think might get a little something out of your boy over here and the old Always Be Booked Cruise podcast, we're taking that approach where we're going in full steam. And what I got to do is just grow this thing. That's it. You know what I mean? The numbers... The numbers are there. The numbers have gone down slightly, but you have to expect that when you add another show. You know what I mean? I guess if you're going to count the numbers overall, they've gone up, but there's another show. So you can't really count that. So I want to get more people. I want to double, triple. I want to start, you know, I guess making real moves here. We're out here, right? What are we doing? 
I'll tell you what we're doing in 11 days. In 11 days from now, we are headed on the Allure of the Seas. That's right, one of the largest cruise ships in the world. This was supposed to be an always-be-booked Pirates and Pier Runners group cruise. Circumstances got in the way. COVID got in the way. My job got in the way. This was not a situation that was heavily promoted. You remember the last one? I mean, the first one, we had... I don't know. It, for the first one, I was very happy with it. We had, but when it was all said and done, up and around 25 people, a great, great, great crew. And what we were able to do was just have an absolute blast. And that was done because it was done right. It was at the height of me, you know, doing regular shows. Hell, I even put a promo video out, like almost like a sizzle reel with a voiceover that promoted that cruise. And I know that got some people. That was a good little video I put out. I was a little proud of that one. But this time, it just didn't happen. You know what I mean? We set the day for the group cruise. Some of the hardcores joined in. Some of the hardcores dropped off. Some other circumstances happened. And we got about, I don't know, about 10 people coming on this one. And we're excited. We're fired up. We're ready to go. At the end of the day, group, no group, half a group, glorified maybe sort of group. It's a cruise. And it's on the allure of the seas. And it's going to the deep South Caribbean. Dare I say we'll be able to look at South America from either Aruba or Curacao. Now, I made that up. I don't know if that's true or not, but we're going. And uh, I'm pumped about it. And it's happening in just 11 days. I'm very, very excited about the room. And no matter what, I will say this, though. Here's the deal. Shout out to Scott. Scott has mentioned to me that he joins a lot of the groups, the sailings that are a couple of weeks before. And I kind of said, you know what? That's a pretty good idea. I did. I joined the group for the sailings that are happening the week or two, but two weeks before. So starting on October 1st, and then I think I'm on the one that's on or October 2nd. And then I think I'm on the one that's October 9th, I believe. And I'm going to tell you guys, if you're on this sailing, if you're listening to me, Sandra, Nicole, Everybody, Deb, everybody, it sounds like we are going to have to, quote unquote, pack our patience. And that's exactly what I'm going to do. I thought about being the preachy, pre- preachy guy going in the group and saying, hey, listen, it does look like there's some wacky stuff. Scott said it too on his Oasis ship. There were some challenges there. And it looks like from the complaints in the group that there are issues. Now, what issues are you talking about? Now, it sounds like this is what's happening, right? Cruising has taken on a phased re-entry. You know what I mean? There's been a phased approach to the restart in general. And they've been dealing with manageable numbers. We all know that these ships have not been at full capacity. I looked on and I saw that these sailings on these Oasis-class ships are now up and over 5,000 people. And let's just say it may not have been phased in enough. It sounds like from the port to the ship to everywhere, the help, the, the, the crew is maybe not back at 100%. And it sounds like people are spread pretty thin. Okay? So I am tell you what, I'm celebrating that I got that news. I am celebrating that I know that in advance and I'm celebrating the fact that I'm going to get on that cruise ship. And when I walk up to the main dining room for my my, uh, late dining at eight o'clock and they're telling me it's going to be a 45 minute wait, I am going to smile and I'm going to very patiently walk myself up to the buffet and celebrate the fact that I don't have to wait in a line I can eat whatever I want, and I don't have to be tied into an hour and a half dinner. 
I do enjoy the dinners. And if I can get right in, I'll get right in. But that's just the theme that I'm going to take on. That is just the persona that I'm going to take on that I am going to expect mistakes. I am going to expect delays. In the restaurant business, before we open, there's a bunch of things that happen. What we do first is a thing called uh, staff on staff. There's, there's, There's three ways that we do it. It's a staff on staff. Then it's something called mock services. Then it's a soft opening. And then it's a grand opening. That's what we do, basically. So the staff on staff is just the staff helping each other. Real world scenario, everything's actual, but you're just helping people you work with. And then you switch up and the other people who were the servers, now they're the people who are dining and they get to help. The second wave is people who work for us get a chance to invite people that are close to them, friends and family, for a highly discounted, if not in some cases, free rate. And they're able to come in, similar scenario, real world scenario, we just do not charge them. Uh, Or if we do charge them, we charge them basically what it costs to make the food. And we put everywhere the moniker, expect mistakes, expect delays, right? We don't feel bad about it. We're giving you basically next to nothing or close to free. And you get the chance to kind of let us work out the kinks. Then a soft opening is where we open and we just don't tell anybody. We just, one day it's a Monday and we open. Now we're open. So real live guests will come in, paying guests at full price, but we won't overwhelm ourselves. And then we do the grand opening. When we feel like we've ironed everything out and everything looks good and we've worked through all the kinks and everything tastes good, the service have have real world experience on the computer. They have real world experience giving the specials, saying the pitches, knowing the drinks, knowing the menu. They have a level of comfortability. Then we say, okay, cut the ribbon, bring them in. And that's how it works. I don't know if these cruise ships got the chance to do that. They probably didn't. Now, they're doing it at some capacity, but again, 1,500, 2,000 people. I think there was around 2,000 to 2,500 people on my Oasis cruise in October, last October. I think now that there's like 5,000 people. That's what I asked in many of the groups, and that's what it looks like. Scott even said it was overcrowded on the um, on the Oasis. So, again, that to me, I always take pride in myself, and when I get on a cruise ship, I say, like, listen, you paid good money for this. You can put yourself in a bad mood. You can decide to have a bad time. You can decide you're going to complain. Or you can make the absolute best out of it, and you can put yourself in a position to have a great cruise. And that's what I plan on doing. And the fact that I know that there's issues on these other sailings puts me in even more of a position to be able to do that. So that's the attitude I'm going in with. Still have not made any plans yet. That's a little nerve-wracking to me. Uh, We have, again, it's on the ship. Is on the ship. We're going to do what we do. I definitely want to see Mamma Mia, though, I think. I normally don't see the production shows. Definitely, I don't need cats, okay? I didn't need cats on the Oasis. And that shit, when are they going to switch that up? I understand. It's a lot that goes into it. So to switch up the production show would be a big deal. It'd be tough. But I am interested in seeing Mamma Mia, you know? I think the music of ABBA is probably going to be a little bit more digestible for me. And I'm going to enjoy it. Uh, But as far as the ports of call, I'm looking at a lot of things. I have, I think, at both locations, narrowed it down to some of the things that I want to do. And again, it's not just going to be my decision. You know what I mean? I do not want to just sit at a beach all day. I do want to do something active. I want to do something cultural. I'll spend some time at a beach for sure. 
if we're going to do that, definitely may want to find ourselves in a pool. I found that I found this place and I've done some pretty deep research on Curacao because to me, I know Aruba. It's just a matter of deciding what I want to do or what we want to do together as a group. But I didn't know Curacao. I thought I knew Curacao or I thought Curacao was basically like a Grand Cayman. You want to go to a beach, there's beaches. You want to go do a town, a, 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 a island tour, you could do an island tour. You want to go see artifacts, you could see artifacts. Whatever you want to do, you could do all those things. So just pick. No, there's other things. I mentioned it last podcast. There's a lot of things you can do in, or actually think, think that was a Patreon, if I'm not mistaken. But there's a lot of things you can do in Curacao. And one of those things, there's a beautiful resort. So there's, it's not a resort for a day, but you can just show up. Check out this place called Saint-Tropez in Curacao. It is like you, you do feel like you're almost on the Greek islands. It's a gorgeous pool with an infinity pool right on the ocean. It looks beautiful. You can eat. You can drink. You can do whatever you want. But again, there's other stuff too. Like I'm talking about that hike. That hike is the X factor. I want to do the hike, but I it, again, it is ambitious. It's almost an hour ride out. You have to start by 10 a.m. You have to start this hike by 10 a.m. because they say the sun is so is so hot and the temperature and the humidity will bury you. So you have to start by 10 a.m. You got to drink a lot of water. And they're telling you that it takes two and a half to three hours. So I don't know. I don't know. There's something in me that's driving me to towards doing it. But I think that's going to be a play it by ear approach. And then after that, you have Captain Goodlife. That's like a little, I guess, uh, this guy has a boat tour company slash restaurant slash water sports facility. And he is just an over-the-top character. And he seems like from the YouTube videos, check out Captain Goodlife in Curacao. Seems like a guy you may want to meet. That's all. Might be good for some content, too. I don't know. One thing we do have on the ship, and this is out of control. So I know not everybody's going to show up. Of course, I pray not everybody shows up. But I organized a bar crawl on this cruise. There is 80 people signed up as definite and another 20 people signed, 23 people signed up as maybes. So now I told you and mentioned this bar crawl that we did with Ryan Q. He did a uh, organized the bar crawl on the Norwegian gem. I don't know. I think there was probably like 35 people that sent them into a tailspin. They had a hard time dealing with that. They pulled him aside and said, please, no bar crawls. We're not a, like I said, I went through the whole thing. I don't know how you even manage that. I don't even know how you can, you know, hold him accountable. What you, at the end of the day, it's 35 people that want to drink. Okay. You call it a bar crawl, call it a bar walk, call it whatever you want. It's 35 people that want to drink. So what are you going to do? Fight City Hall on that? No. We have 80 people signed up for this bar crawl. I won't even know where to start. We're going to go. I think I said we're starting in the solarium. I got to check. I organized this thing. There's going to be people in pirate gear. There's going to be people kind of ready to go. There's going It's going to be a lot to take on. 80 people signed up for this bar crawl. I'm going to play the part. Half the time I've done these things and I've just not shown up to them. I was always the guy and I probably still will be again. I love the pre-cruise lead up. I'm always the guy who's active in the group. I'm always shouting out people, making sort of friends with people online, asking people for recommendations, giving people advice who ask questions. I'm the, you know, the mayor. Dare I say the Marty of the of the group sometimes. But when it comes to the, it's time to board the ship, 
for whatever reason, I don't plan to be aloof. I don't plan to stay away, but it kind of just happens that way. I don't necessarily get in the mix. I'm going to make an effort this time to really kind of be out there at the forefront and say, yeah, I planned this thing. Let's go. Get on my back. Follow me. You know what I mean? Not, not really something I do, but again, I'm going to do it this time. So I just put a post up today. Hey, who's dressing up? You know what I mean? Just kind of like getting everybody into the into the mood, into the mood. I haven't set a peep in that uh, event page in a while, but here we are. Also have to work out what the hell's going to go on the night before the cruise. I know Deb, I know Sandy, I know a few people staying in Dania Beach. Uh, that's a few miles south of the port. I definitely, of course, we got to set something up, right? Shout out to Mitch. Mitch reached out to me. He's on the horizon sailing. They're out of Miami. And he mentioned maybe getting together for a pre-cruise thing. Now, I don't know if that's realistic or not. I don't know if people from Miami who are sailing out of Miami on the Carnival Horizon are going to want to come up. But he mentioned it, and I would be more the merrier for me. So I'm working on my thing. I think I have a meeting this week. Shout out to Jerry. Jerry is uh, the manager that I spoke about. I think, again, sometimes I don't remember if I say things on the Patreon or here, but Jerry was a manager that I worked with in uh, on Long Island, an amazing, amazing uh, gentleman from Ireland. And he just crushed the experience. He was like the guy. He's the guy that if you go to salt on the water and have a dinner and some drinks, you're going to fill out a comment card. You're writing Jerry. You're going back to see Jerry. He's the man. And he has some connections in Fort Lauderdale to a place uh, that might actually be perfect. And my plan that I want to do is to set up pre-cruise day zero parties. Call them Dayo. Day zero parties. Dayo. And then turn that into day zero. And then just maybe start out in Fort Lauderdale Friday and Saturday nights. Now, I saw November 12th is when it really starts to pick up. The, right now, there's maybe two or three cruise ships in port on the weekends. When you start to hit end of October, early November, that's when you see your four, five, and six cruise ships in port on a given night. My idea is to just reach out and find any way that I could possibly get to all the people that are on any ship, regardless of what ship you're on, and get you to come to a pre-cruise party in Fort Lauderdale the night before so that you could always know that this place at this time is going to be a, a safe space for cruisers. We'll do a discount that's only available to cruisers. Maybe there'll be a giveaway. Maybe there'll be some extra menu items that are, you know, just geared towards the cruisers. Well, it'll be it'll be a place where people can tell, what ship are you on? Oh, yeah, I always wanted to get on that ship. Let me try that ship next time. Let me know how you did. You know what? Take my Facebook down. Let's talk about your cruise. Just in a cruise, I don't want to say it's not everything you say about a business networking, like a fun networking thing. But this is all people who love cruise ships and love being on cruises, and it would be a nice little thing to do. So anytime you know that you're in Fort Lauderdale and you're sailing out of Fort Lauderdale, it'll take time to build this to where it's organic and people don't even have to kind of look at the Facebook. They'll just know. But they'll know, oh, this place, such and such place celebrates cruising the night before the cruise. We can go there and see who else is going out from the same port that we are. What time you get near port? You know, what well, you're doing carry on luggage or you uh you checking your bags, you know, stuff like that. Just having some fun. Deo. Why not? Right. Anyway, so that's the allure of the seas. Very, very excited. 11 days out. Cannot wait. It's starting to seem and feel real. Uh, like I mentioned in the cold open, I had had this itch for theme cruising. I always every once in a while, I just think of it. 
I'm repeating myself from, you know, whenever I've said this last. But the truth is, when you get on a theme cruise, it's very, very rare that you get a feeling of bliss like that, where you are just with so many like-minded people. We all know we're built into love cruising. We're all built into love being at sea and being at these ports. Combine that with XYZ other interest, whether it's sports, whether it's cryptocurrency. Most, the best way to do it is, is through music, like a, like a music cruise. And sixthman.net is the ones who do it best. Now, they're a little thin lately. There's no real, you know, Kid Rock used to be their biggest cruise. And Kid Rock used to absolutely pack them in. The Kid Rock cruises used to sell out years in advance. The Kiss cruise is always one big one. The Bob Marley one was a big one. They did an EDM one, but they haven't done it in a while because I think there's been some drugs. Uh, the Bob Marley one might have something to do with the drugs too, or depending upon what state you're in, at some point that's legal. But I don't, I don't think you can still carry weed on a ship. But, you know, the, the Sixth Man cruises of and, and no more florida georgia line brantley gilbert stepped in and kind of filled that void of, even though that he's not florida georgia line but he did step in and do a cruise with maybe 10 other contemporary ultra contemporary country acts but they shut that down no more of that but here is what is going on so i did a little bit of a search to see what is out there what's on the horizon if you will as far as group cruises and let's get into a couple of them right now now i don't know if you heard of chris jericho he's big in the wrestling world he was a wrestler i think he's just a wrestling personality all around he's also a musician he has a band so there is a chris jericho and that is a sixth man cruise and i looked at that one and i saw that they have some comedians it's almost like a variety thing you have wrestling you have uh comedians you have kate quigley I don't know if who remembers that story, but Kate Quigley is a very, very successful comedian. She was in the news for a not so good reason, uh, recent, a reason recently, uh, having to do with um, uh, I don't know, fentanyl and drugs and whatever. Listen, listen, long story, and I, and 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 it was bad. And she's going through a bunch of stuff right now, and there's big problems. And she was dating Hootie from Hootie and the Blowfish, and there was just a mess. But prior to all that. She performed in West Palm Beach, and I was out with her till about 7 or 8 in the morning, and we went to the beach and watched this, all that crap. So there's a big, long story on that on one of the Patreons. I don't even know what it is, but she is on that cruise ship, and that would be pretty funny if I ended up on that ship, but I'm not. I'm not going on a wrestling cruise just because Kate Quigley's on it. Uh, she is funny, though. She's a really good, funny stand-up comedian, and uh, check her out if you want. She, I, I f became aware of her through uh, my guy, Joey Diaz, the comedian Joey Diaz, you know, who you've heard me speak about before. All right, moving on. All right, this is, some of these are weird. What are you gonna, what do you want me to do? Do we lie to each other? No, we don't. The Meow Meow Cruise for Cat Lovers. Okay, this is a real thing that's gonna happen on October 27th. It's gonna happen out of Tampa on the Carnival Paradise, and it is a Meow Meow Cruise. Do you realize I had a cat named Meow Meow? Not me, my family, the family cat. I mean, we were pretty literal, I guess. My sister was about six years old. And when she names a cat, she names it literal. Okay? The cat wouldn't shut up. Cat would meow all day long. All right, well, cat's name is Meow Meow. Very, very good. A lot, a lot of thought went into that, Patty. Uh, but yeah, no, what are you going to do? She's six years old. What can I tell you? But yeah, there's a cat cruise. I wonder what that means. I mean, is there going to be cat? They're not letting cats on the ship, are they? 
the staff going to dress up in cats? I don't want to speculate into what the, this possibly could be. But we'll move on to the biker cruise. There's going to be a biker cruise meetup on October 29th. That's going to be on the Mariner of the Seas from Royal Caribbean. And again, yeah, it's coming up October 29th. Star Trek, I'm sure that doesn't surprise you. They do conventions everywhere. Why wouldn't they do one at sea? And that's going to be on the Navigator, the sister ship to Mariner, uh, on February 24th of next year. I mentioned the Kiss Cruise. That was always a big one. So the Kiss Cruise is, from what I understood, a lot of the crew's favorite version of all these theme cruises because you get too young, they're crazy, they're out of control. It becomes like, you know, a policing situation. Uh, you know, you get the, the the reggae ones. It's just weed everywhere and everybody's high. Pro- the crew is probably catching contact, but they are probably pretty chill. Aside from the, the weed, those reggae cruises are probably pretty chill. But the EDM dance party one, ones they got to be a little nuts they got to be a little crazy i could tell you the country cruise the florida georgia line cruise yeah they had their hands full with that there were definitely some bros out there that were just really turning it up jumping off of stuff you know doing what we do doing a lot of time and not that i'm a young bro country but you know back in my day we did the things and uh you know you test the limits you know legal not legal enforced not enforced let's get a feel for what all that is and how it relates to one another that was kind of a lot of times my thinking but the kiss cruise was always uh, a favorite of the crew and the crew would always tell us it's yeah it's heavy metal yeah it's hard rock yeah it's aggressive rock but these were all family people they bring their kids on they have the makeup it's a family affair these kiss cruises from what i understood pretty down-to-earth people just in love with kiss kiss is one of those bands right think about those bands how about those ultra successful bands that people shit on all the time but they don't stop having an amazing fan base of course you're gonna think nickelback right Nickelback, Kiss, uh, Pitbull, but Pitbull's Pitbull only started to get like played out. What else is there? Oh, they're not coming to mind right now. Let's move on. I'm not going to put you through that. But there's think about bands and groups. Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. Think about bands and groups that people, so many people hate, and so many people say, no, we're not doing that. We're not going to that concert. I'd rather listen. They're they're basically bands that are a punchline. But at the same time, they have a hardcore following. Kiss is kind of one of them. All right, leave it to MSC to host a goth cruise. They're going to do it on Davina. This already happened. It happened on September 18th. But yes, <laughs> could you? I got to YouTube that. Can you imagine? There's got to be some footage out there of that. Just a bunch of goth people in costumes. I mean, goth people <laughs> in the tropics. Do do they put the white makeup on first or the or the powder, the white powder, or do they put the sunscreen on first? What goes on first if you're on a goth cruise to the Caribbean? Celebrity. We have celebrity. They are hosting uh, fans of genealogy. Now, I don't mean those people who live in lamps. No, I mean those websites. You know what I mean? Those people who like those websites that wreck people's lives like 23andMe. Uh, and they're doing that on March 12th, 2023. Holland America is getting in on the theme cruise action. And they're doing a country music cruise on January 22nd. They're also doing another one. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. It's just going till the 29th. Now, this one, 
it's not a sixth man cruise. And the sixth man festival at Sea Group really knows how to do these. They have it down to a science. It's like an operation, like, I mean, just a, just a well-oiled machine. I don't know who's running this one. But I looked at the lineup. It is not ultra contemporary artists. It's people like people that I like people, you know, groups, at least four groups on there that I know and enjoy and listen to. But it's not something from, you know, anything later than 2010. It's like the 90s and the early 2000s. You know, people like Mark Chestnut, uh, good music, good country music. But I don't know if I would zone out on this thing and really enjoy it like I did with the Dustin Lynch, the Sam Hunt, the Florida Georgia line, you know, that type of that type of cruise. Uh, there's the oh, this looks cool. Now, I don't know what this would be like crowd wise. It probably would be pretty on the older side. The ultimate disco cruise on Celebrity Summit. You know, uh, I'm not practicing ageism. But what I would say is that, you know, on a cruise, you have a good mix. You have old people. You know, no offense. Yeah, I'm old. You have young people. You have mid-range people. You have families. You have couples. Now, I'm not saying the ultimate disco cruise is going to have a bunch of 90-year-olds on it. But you're not likely to get anything under 50. Right. You know what I'm saying on that? You're probably going to get not going to get a couple of, uh, you know, early 30s people on there saying, hey, let's check out Cool and the gang, because this lineup is impressive. They got these people. And I'm actually pretty impressed by how they were able to pull KC and the Sunshine Band. Cool and the gang. Hold on. Billy Ocean. You're going to get Billy Ocean. Caribbean Queen is going to when he drops Caribbean Queen on this cruise. All right, this one's a little bit of an outlier. Taylor Dane, that's more 80s, right? And I don't think she's disco. She's more rock pop, if I'm not mistaken. She's good, good voice. Sister Sledge, we are family. That's on the Celebrity Summit in March. There's the Rock the Boat. Now, this is crazy. This is uh, the Rock the Boat. I think this is a sixth man run operation, but sixth man, you're better than this, okay? They put at the top on the billing, it says the Rock Boat. Okay, and then they wrote in like a stamp, top secret, and they didn't write secret the right way. They spelt it S-E-A-C-R-E-A-T. I mean, talk about crowbarring in some alliteration, an unnecessary crowbar of alliteration put in. What's like it should have something. There should be some sort of a secret. There is no secret. So obvious that you just wanted to spell it a certain way. What's the secret? The secret is you haven't heard of any of the bands on it. That's the secret. They're all, you got Lit, Sister Hazel, and 36 other rock bands that I've never heard of. And then here's where it gets interesting, ladies and gentlemen. There is something at sea on what they're describing as the elegant Norwegian Pearl, and they're calling it Nurse Khan. <laughs> Uh, this reminds me of the navigator of the seas when I erroneously picked the wrong ship when I could have sailed on the navigator out of Miami for a cheaper rate and been on a a partial a partial charter cruise with uh, Mary Kay saleswomen but no I dragged me and my three friends uh, to Orlando from South Florida to pay more money to get on the mariner of the seas 
and sail with a bunch of t-shirt wearing people out of Orlando. Shout out to Colin. Um, but this is Nurse Khan, okay? Nurse Khan at sea. They're doing this. The Nurse Khan is so big that they're doing two sailings aboard the elegant Norwegian Pearl. Now, I work in the restaurant industry or worked in the restaurant industry. Now, I know something about nurses. They enjoy a good time, okay? They do like to have fun. They do know how to let their hair down. They are so well-respected as part of the healthcare community, especially all the work they did during our crisis. God bless them for that. But this is an opportunity for them to get on two sailings on the elegant, the oh-so-elegant Norwegian Pearl to have a nurse convention with America's next top nurse or or nurses got talent, whatever. (laughs) I screwed that up. Uh, Nurses got talent, all sorts of karaoke games. And here's the thing. We can book it. So I don't know how. I don't know why. Now, I would think that there should be some sort of a criteria to know that I'm a nurse. But no, I'm a nurse fan. So as a nurse fan, I can get on this sailing. I went all the way through the booking process. There's no screening to know what my affiliation to health community, to healthcare is whatsoever. They let me get right on. I could book this cruise and I'm not ruling it out. Am I probably going on this cruise? Probably not. But I don't know. Nurse con at sea. Something that might be worth looking into. Can you imagine? You just end up on a cruise ship with a bunch of wild nurses. I can think of a worse way to spend a vacation. Now, of course, there's, uh, there's booking fees. You know, you're, you're overpaying. You're paying for a convention. Anytime any of these partial charters or full charters or theme cruise type of scenarios where there is a third party involved, they got to make money. So you end up having to pay a little bit more than you would for the otherwise uh, for, for the cruise, what the cruise price would have been otherwise. And it just is what it is. But Nurse Con at Sea, very, very interesting. You're going to hear more about that from me. At some point. All right. Moving on to a very uh, unpleasant topic. Uh, Carnival cruises. And I always say about Carnival. There's a few things about Carnival that I think no other cruise line to me does more things the best of all the cruise lines. Talk about it. It's the steak. It's the aft pull. It's the complimentary walk around food. The walk up food. It is the piano bar. It's usually the nightclubs as well. And the stand up comedy. I always love the fact that Carnival Comedy, uh, the Punchliner Club, used to be run by George Lopez, or not really run by George Lopez. I don't know if he had anything to do with it. I've been told he didn't. But the comedy in those rooms were pretty funny. They were always very edgy. They make a very long speech at the beginning that says, if you are easily offended for any reason whatsoever, if anything ever offended you, you probably shouldn't come in here. Because they're going to pick on you. They're going to go off the cuff. They're going to go off the rails. They're going to curse. They're going to talk about sex. They're going to talk about many, many topics that if you are of those who might be offended, which I have no problem with, just stay out of comedy. Stay out of this particular comedy club. This is the uh, adults only comedy club, especially after 11 o'clock. Now, what this guy did, his name is Rob O'Reilly, and he has a he has a resume. He's been on many of the talk shows. He's been on Last Comic Standing. He has a reputation. Now, there is a stigma for a lot of comedians. I don't know if you've heard this before, but there is, you know, and I think it's BS. 
a lot of comedians will tell you, uh, and I think it's mostly two different categories. One of the categories is comedians who really are too big for comedy clubs on cruise ships. But then there's a whole slew of comedians who shit on cruise ships as well. At least the comedy gigs on cruise ships. They shit on it as well. But I think that's mostly because they haven't been asked. I don't know if Rob O'Reilly fits into either of these categories, but this guy decides that it's a good idea. And we just talked about if you shouldn't be, if you're easily offended, you shouldn't be in the comedy club. And I stand by that, but there's a freaking limit. Okay. If you're a white middle-aged guy, a veteran of comedy, who's been in rooms throughout a lot of different places, and you're on a corporate cruise ship, Give Carnival credit. God bless them. They give you such a long rope. I've heard some edgy, edgy comedy on Carnival cruise ships. But if you think for a second the N-word is going to fly, you're out of your mind. Okay? There's a lot of different rules out there. Who can say it? Who can't say it? I can tell you. It's different. A lot of people say, well, it's off limits. It's off limits. And I agree. I agree that it should be off limits for white people. White people shouldn't say it. They shouldn't quote it as a quote. They shouldn't joke when saying it. They shouldn't refer to it in literature. They should not sing it as part of lyrics to a popular song or whatever. I don't think that should happen. I do not at all whatsoever. Truth is, in some areas, white people do say it. And it's not derogatory. They say, I'm just saying they do. Okay. I'm not saying it's, I don't think it, they should happen, but there's people that are grandfathered in. You know what I mean? There's, there's a few years ago, like, I mean, there's people in certain towns and, you know, deep, deep South or in Florida where, you know, there's just, they all grew up. People just grew up in the same community and everybody just talks the way they talk and that's it. And, and people aren't offended. That just happens. Okay. I'll tell you one, another example, Puerto Rican people in, in New York. Tell them they can't say it. They'll, what, do you, what do you mean? I don't, I don't even know what you mean. What do you mean I can't say that? You know what I mean? It's just said. It's still said in certain certain circles. I'll say it. It's not pleasant to... I mean, no, no, no. I'll say, I won't say it. I won't say the word. I'll say that it should not be said. Like I said, I stand by what I said before. Don't quote it. Don't refer to it. Don't let it leave your mouth if you're a white guy. Okay? That's just the way it is in general. But if you're on a cruise ship... And you're being paid by a corporation? You absolutely are a dummy if you think you should be able to get away with saying that. And then, so there was no record on video of him saying it. Clearly he did because the person who did take the video took the phone out. She was doing what she was supposed to do by not recording any of the comedy set. It's a big thing in comedy clubs. Don't use your phone. That's a copywritten material or it's, you know, it's a very personal thing to for comedians that their material in a stand in a stand up comedy club doesn't necessarily get leaked out. It's called burning material. They don't want to burn their material. So she was doing the right thing. But then when it got contentious and he started like doubling down and I'll tell you right now, he said it and it got cringes. It got groans. You know that it did. But then what bothered me is when he said, hey, were you here when I said if you're offended easily, get the F out? He got an applause. He, of course, there were people that booed, but just as loud as the boos was an applause. 
And no, 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 I'm sorry. The guy made it awkward. It's a 50-something-year-old white guy, or at least looks like he's in his 50s, 40s, 50s. And he said the N-word in public on a cruise ship. No, no, no. You turn the lights on, you say, thanks for coming, and you get the guy off at the nearest next port. That's my opinion. I don't think he, I don't think I don't think it should be said. You know what I mean? Please do me a favor. Let's let's save the emails. Save the, this is my opinion. I don't think it's a controversial opinion. I don't think white people should say the N word or think about the N word or, or 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 refer to it or anything. And I think this guy's an idiot for doing that. And he was absolutely rightly fired on the spot. That's my opinion. Take it or leave it. All right. So moving on, but staying with topics that are controversial and political i don't really want to even bring this up but it's in the news you got to talk about it it's there right the migrant situation uh some might call it a crisis the new york post just broke a story uh says that ncl said it was contacted by the city of new york and they seem to be a candidate or at least kind of kicking the tires a little bit to see if there's a possibility that they would be able to alleviate some of the crisis that's going on with the immigration problem that's coming in. And, you know, people are everywhere. I don't know. I guess this is a thing where we have to find places. We have to find a place for a lot of the migrants that are uh, being displaced, finding themselves in New York and other places throughout the country. But this would, you know, apparently New York is doing everything they can to find a place for a lot of the people that are affected by this. And, A solution that they're working with right now is building tent cities and other shelter type situations. And a good solution could be a cruise ship. And they're in talks with Norwegian, apparently. There's nothing confirmed. Norwegian did say the city contacted them. I don't know if the city's just contacting them or they're contacting other cruise lines as well. I can't imagine that uh, the Bahama Paradise folks, the uh, Jimmy Buffett Margaritaville, that whole operation isn't in the running at all. I mean, they got a lot of pressure to sell a lot of tickets every other day. And it seems like anytime something like this happens, they're always throwing their hat in the ring to, I guess, what would you say, politely alleviate that pressure, take themselves out of service a little bit, and be able to kind of get money directly, a flat rate from a municipality so that they don't have to kind of hustle you know what I mean? Maybe create some demand by taking themselves out of service for a little while. Makes sense, right? But in this case, all we've heard so far is Norwegian. Now, I spoke about this at length on the Patreon. And uh, I don't know. It, I was joking around a little bit. I was joking around a lot. And uh, I'll repeat a little bit of it. But it was it's partially true. Where does, if they're going to be on a cruise ship, where does the the housing And the shelter part of it end. And the fact that they're on a cruise ship start. I mean, you can't ignore the fact that you're on a cruise ship, right? The place is built to entertain you. Like, I don't know. What if it's day three? You got the same staff. got people. You can see them. Entertainers are on board. People are already contracted, paid. The thing is what it is. There's music. What if this thing turns into a cruise? I'm sure it wouldn't. But I don't know. What it almost... You'd almost have to try not to have it turn into a cruise. A cruise could break out. And then that kind of makes my mind go to a certain place. And I'm seeing, you know, migrants on the Lido deck, sitting in the lounges, putting down their pina coladas to sign documentation. You know, excuse me. Yeah, I'll fill this out. Put down the pina colada. I mean, if there's entertainers on board, like stand-up comedians, you know what I mean? Maybe not ones like, you know... (laughs) 
<laughs> not ones like Rob O'Reilly, but you know, you have stand-up comedians. They're just doing a regular show. They're doing crowd work. Hey, pal, where are you from? <laughs> right? I mean, there's other stuff. There's other stuff to consider. Who's going to be in the haven? Who gets the balconies? Who gets the inside cabins? You know, what? what what's the deal with the food? You know, here's my real question, and this is actually a serious question. When the migrants get on board and they're situated, they're given their room and they're allowed, you know, they basically get, you know, they get to move about the ship as, as, as they see fit as freely. Are they required to stay on the ship? You know, I don't know. That's my question because, you know, if, if the goal is to not have them just basically, I guess, leave customs or wherever they're being introduced brought to the port authority or whatever uh, where wh- how do you keep them on the cruise ship you can obviously i know you can keep them on the cruise ship easily but their ultimate goal is to come into the country and try to be a part of society get a job however any means necessary work very hard and start a new life for future generations of their family right so you're going to put them on the cruise ship what does this do? How does that process get started? What's the end game? Is that a place that you're being just very, very, I guess, um, is it is it a philanthropic thing where you're just saying, hey, we know you have no place to stay. You can stay on this ship and they get to leave freely wherever they want and they, they get to come and go. Do they get free food? It's an interesting thing. I want to hear more details down the road. I'm all for it. You know what I mean? If this is a crisis... And these cruise ships can be a solution that helps everybody. Then I, th- I say let's do it. I'm just curious, very curious as to how it plays out and what the specifics are and what the rules and regulations are and what the onboard experience will be for these migrants while they are there. Anyway, moving on. Costa Cruises. Costa. Costa? Costa? I'm going to go Costa. So we all know Costa is owned by Carnival, and it does seem that there are some changes being made to the brand overall. Now, during the shutdown, Carnival did part ways with some of her ships, and in a move that may or may not be related, as of now, three Costa ships are moving over to the Carnival brand. Now, right now, you have the Carnival Luminosa, who's going to do Australia runs. She's already fitted and ready to go and sailing as Carnival Luminosa now. You also have uh, Carnival about to use two other Costa ships to launch a new brand that's going to be called Costa by Carnival. They're going to have the Venezia heading over in 2023, and she's going to be on the East Coast out of New York. And then the Forenza will be joining the fleet in 2024, and she will be on the West Coast. So there are two more Costa ships besides those that are still currently not in service. You have the Magica, and you have the Serena. Now, they were both set to service the Asian market, but with those plans still on hold, some are speculating that they will also end up with Carnival in some capacity. Now, in addition to those ships, Carnival also went into business with the China State Shipbuilding Corporation on a joint venture that's going to operate the Atlantica and the Costa Mediterranea. Now, both of those ships are still out of service and their future is also uncertain. So that's what it is. There's a lot up in the air over at Costa, and I'm sure we will, over the course of the next weeks and months, get some more information. All right, let's take it over to your emails. Emails, show, lifeblood, Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com, all of that crap. Let's get into it. What's up, Tommy, Morgan, Tito, 
Schweppes, and the rest of the ABB crew. What is this? Is this insinuating that I am surrounded by a bunch of friends who were named after liquor? I am finally booked. Yes. The story is probably similar to many others. We had a couple of cruises booked for April of 2021. Boom canceled fast forward to future cruise credits and more cancellations rebooking and cancellations in a perpetual loop of frustration well i can now say that has ended we are booked for a seven night family reunion alaska cruise on the ovation of the seas this will be a first for me in many ways first large group we have over 17 with three couples nana and papa and nine kids first time with royal caribbean First time to Alaska, and most excitingly, first time on a mega ship. Well, that's the mega ship. I guess, yeah, I guess you got to give that mega ship status. All right, fine, we'll go with it. My family of five will have a balcony for mom, dad across the hall from an. Uh, my family of five will have a balcony for mom and dad across the hall uh, from an interior for our kids. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. My family of five will have a balcony. For my mom and dad across the hall from an interior for our kids. The only thing we have set in stone is early dining for the entire group to gather each evening in the main dining room. Next steps will be booking our night in Seattle. I need to move fast on that because it coincides with the end of the Major League Baseball All-Star Game in Seattle. Finally at peace, Juan in Sacramento. Juan, I am happy to have you back in the mix emailing. I'm happy to have you back in the mix cruising. I'm a little disappointed pointed that I didn't get a voicemail of you trying to butcher the theme song, but that's okay. But yeah, you have a lot. You have a lot of firsts at stake, and that is so exciting. A cruising with a big group is just such an amazing, amazing experience to me in any way, shape, or form because A, you're going to get along with everybody that you get along with and be able to spend so much time with them on a cruise ship. But these cruise ships, especially like you said, a borderline mega ship such as Ovation, you'll be able to have your little times where you could sneak away as well. I'm interested in what, what you're going to be doing. Are you going to go on the North Star? Are you going to go on the iFly? And yes, all about Alaska, right? I have not been to Alaska. Again, it sounds like the air is just as much of an attraction as anything. And then Seattle. Yes, you're going to have some coffee. You're going to yell Ichiro, even though he's not there anymore. You're going to listen to some grunge music. I'm just making up things that the only things I know about Seattle are right? Go watch High Fidelity, the movie. You know what I mean? I don't know. When in Rome. But Seattle seems like a cool city. Pacific Northwest is an area of the country that I am uh, most unfamiliar with, but I do know that there's a lot to do. I do know that people speak very, very highly of it, and I think you are going to have an absolutely, uh, an absolute great, great time. You and your entire family, Juan, and I appreciate you emailing, and I want to hear back about that cruise and how it went, especially what you did in Seattle. Let me know. Moving on. I have really enjoyed Tommy. I have really enjoyed you are. I have really enjoyed you are. See, the thing is, the problem is, is that sometimes, and I don't want to be the guy that says proofread because I listen got that from Bill Burr. He Bill Burr on his podcast says, "Will you proofread read your damn emails? Um, don't just work with me. You know what I mean. Try to proofread them if you can, whether it's punctuation because if they don't flow right, I got to go back over it again. Like Juan, I think you I think you tripped me up, Juan." When you did the, uh, when you started describing, my family of five will have a balcony for mom and dad across the hall from an interior for our kids. That sentence structure, a little wacky, but I don't want to. I don't want to discourage you from emailing. I'd rather get shitty grammar, 
and bad punctuation than not get emails. So let me shut up and thank you. But this sentence too. Um, <laughs> I have really enjoyed you are on the podcast more regularly. I rejoined Patreon after at least taking a year of a break. After at least a year of taking a break. Yeah, I did it right. You sound wonderful and I love your quirkiness always. I understand your lane on podcasts is different from most. Thank you for being you. My negative comment. I believe Scott said important info on the last podcast, but it could have been done without sounding racist. I don't think comments like Asian likes their own space and are demanding. Thank you for listening. Barbara. Barbara, thank you so much for the email. A little bit of a strong accusation. I don't think, um, you see, let's let's take it easy here. Everybody calm down. We address this stuff. We don't ignore it. We take it head on. Scott, Barbara didn't call you racist. Barbara mentioned that she thinks some of your comments sounded racist. Uh, Sounded racist uh, by what you said about, I remember the conversation with Scott. And I do remember listening to part of it, and I knew one part of it could be taken as inflammatory. I do agree with that. Um, I'm not going to speak for Scott. I don't think Scott is a racist in any way, shape, or form. Uh, but at the same time, you know, he said that, um, I think he said Chinese people deserve their space, or, or Chinese people want their space. Um yeah, that doesn't the, the it doesn't sound great, but is it flat out racist? And I think we have to be able to make that distinction between somebody being a little bit, I guess, maybe not necessarily putting something in the most sensitive form whatsoever, versus being racist or sounding racist. I am the type of person who will always judge intent. And it did not, to me, sound like Scott was trying to intend to be racist in that regard. And for me, I'm a little bit forgiving. I'm a fan of controver- I'm a fan of controversial stand-up comedy where you know boundaries are towed and lines are towed. Now, again, going back to the stand-up comedian that we talked about before, way over the line, inaccept- racist, 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 racist. But forgive me. I don't have a high level of sensitivity when I can really only say that maybe it just wasn't uh, presented in the most politically correct form. You know what I mean? I think it's a big thing for me and us as a society to kind of let go a little bit, give a little bit of rope for people who don't necessarily know or speak in the exact latest version of what is politically correct that's on the list nowadays. I heard somebody, this is a good, somebody made a comment. This was a couple of comedians talking and they were talking about comments that somebody else had made and they had gotten, whether or not they had gotten canceled. So I'm not going to even say the comment because the comment doesn't matter. What does matter is what, what they said after it. So there was a comment that could have, may or may not have been controversial. And the two comedians, all they said is, well, what year did he say it in? A 2005? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought you, I thought you, I thought he said it in 2016. No, absolutely not acceptable. Said it in 2005, okay. That's an example 
of how crazy things are. You know what I mean? You got to go by what year it is. And if you're not necessarily up and paying attention on what the latest model of what is politically correct and how to present things politically politically correct, you may not you may miss a couple of things. So in that regard, I default to intent. And I don't think Scott intended to be racist, and that's my opinion, and hopefully we can all live with that. Hey, Tommy, today's episode may have been my favorite. If there are two things I love, it's cruising and a routine. I have a work-life routine and a cruise routine that are drastically different, LOL. I do the same thing pretty much every day in cruise life. I am also fascinated by how we cruise and seem to live so differently. I am a morning person, early riser. You obviously are probably going to bed when I am waking up. On embarkation day, I try to be the first one on board while you try to be the last, lol. I used to say I have to be at least five Jack and Cokes in before the muster drill. Now, after COVID changed the muster, my policy is to do the muster right away. The second I get on board, that is where I go first. Then it's usually only 11 and I have the full C day ahead. Then the one thing we both seem to agree on. Uh, then when I'm done with the pools and fun, I usually around four, I need my luggage. I will hunt it down, go around multiple decks, corners, whatever I need to do to get it. I always say ship shape before I go to early dining dinner. Luggage got to be under the bed everything put away. If that doesn't happen, I don't know if I can even cruise. It's a must for me. The main reason I need my bag is I bring my own liquor on board. (laughs) Don't call the cops. It's just more cost efficient for me to bring two handles on than pay the drink package. Well, yeah, of course. (laughs) Thanks for the explanation. Uh, You're saying it's more cost efficient to bring two handles on board? Yeah, I get get that. So getting my bag is confirmation that my dastardly plan worked. And all this this means embarkation day went perfectly. And like you, embarkation day sets the tone for the cruise. Then day two through the last day is pretty much exactly the same. I got to start the day with the breakfast buffet and the windjammer, couple of glasses of water and a shower. Then I am back. Then the morning, I usually am by the pool in full relaxation mode, maybe a book, maybe a podcast, maybe check some things on the laptop. This is the type of shit I bring up to the pool or beach if it's a port day. A relaxing morning is a must for me. Around 1130, I usually go to Guy's Burger, pizza, taco, something I can scarf down before I make it back to the room. Then all the relaxation shit gets put away and my bag is filled with Jack Daniels and Coke. And my bag is filled with Jack Daniels and Coke. Or I find a bar on port day. Then when I leave that room, I always envision it's like a scene from a movie. I am ready to go. It's like Clark Kent entered and got rid of the book. And now Superman is exiting that room with a backpack full of liquor. Then it's just heavy drinking weather, whether it's a bo- whether it's a bar or in port. Swim up bar or swim out bar, a Coco K or an aft pool. That's 12 to 430 Heavy drinking is a must for me. <laughs> I appreciate the honesty. Uh, then no matter what, no matter if it's a short walk down a few stairs to my room or a longer walk down the pier, if it's a port day, I got a strong buzz. I call it pure cruise bliss. I don't know the term, but during that time, I am the happiest guy alive. You couldn't... 
you couldn't remove the smile from my face if you tried. The way I feel during those walks, I could bottle up and sell on the black market and I would be rich. It's always my peak drunkest part of the day, so maybe that's it. I shower, then have four musts, then... I sh- then I shower and have four musts for it to be a successful cruise night. I am drinking throughout, but not at the same pace for whatever reason that I was in the afternoon. The four things I got to have, that main dining room meal, I got to then spend some time at the casino. I got to find some live music to catch, and then I must wrap the night up with some pizza and a cocktail on the Lido deck. Looking out into the pure abyss and looking back on the day and how lucky I am to be out there. Usually this is around 10 p.m., Late for me, but dinner time probably for you, Tommy. LOL. Those four things I do every cruise day since I can remember. Then, bed and time bed time to me is usually around 10:30. I'm up at 6:30 a.m. to do it all over again. Thanks Tommy for reading uh, and letting me ramble, but I have such a passion for cruising and my routine doing it best snap. Now, some people are going to judge this a little bit. Some people are going to judge the sneak in the booze on. Some people are going to judge the fact that you equate these cruises so much and so much of your enjoyment is tied towards drinking. And I'll tell you what, I am not one of the people that are going to judge this. Okay. Me personally, I try not to sneak the booze on anymore. Felt a little guilty after a while, but that's just me. Again, it's the same thing with whatever anybody chooses to do. I don't tell people how to live their lives. I do believe that the cruise line is going to stay in business despite the fact that you're not purchasing the drink package. So you're not going to get any uh, whistling, whistle blowing from me on that. But just listening to you talk passionately about your routine. And when you get up and what you do every day on these cruise ships and how much you enjoy it. And, you know, it, it warms my heart. It really, really does warm my heart. And your honesty about it. Oh, man, it's just it's very, very refreshing. And when you listen, this is from Snap. Snap is a regular email emailer to the show. And when you listen and when you read and take in, like I could feel, I could listen, I could picture you saying this and the level of enthusiasm that you're saying this with absolutely warms my heart and it's why we cruise and it's why I appreciate getting these emails and why I do what I do. Thank you so much, Snap. I appreciate the email. Please, please, please keep them coming. Moving on, I've been on 20 plus cruises and I've never took a solo cruise because like most, I don't have the outgoing personality to meet strangers. It's typically been five or six of us. However, the last two I roomed by myself. While that wasn't as fun, it worked out as the price was cheap. Plus, my parents were also on the ship. The Carnival Mardi Gras is my all time favorite ship. So naturally, I want to book the celebration. When I found out the best singer I've ever had on a cruise would be on that ship, plus a great cruise director, nobody was changing my mind about the sailing. My brother booked a different cruise, and my parents will likely follow suit when they find out, or they'll wait till spring. My friends are my typical roommates, and both are unavailable and unvaccinated, so I've been unable to cruise. Once the vaccine mandate was lifted, I told them about a cruise I was going to book, and neither of them have committed to going at this time. 
I ended up booking the Carnival Cruise Line celebration on a fantastic $807 deal this February. This includes all taxes and me paying for two in a good room location. So just 137 more if I need to add a second person to the room. One of the reasons I picked that week was because it was all new ports from my friend. I now have found out found out the cruise director will be on vacation so now i'm worried the singer might be as well i haven't pushed either of my friends to go especially with me thinking about moving it up a month i'm a single guy and even though every female i meet says they want to take a cruise that would create a whole other set of unknowns and potential issues should i move up the cruise a month now while the price isn't much more then figure out the rest out later this would go to ports I like better and confirm the people are st- confirm that people are still on the ship. Or should I wait another few weeks until I get a better picture? Thanks, Bubba. Bubba, what's going on? That's a lot. That's a that's a decision that you would definitely have to make for yourself. But I would say change the booking. Okay, there's a lot of stuff going for you if you change this booking. You get people that you know you're going to sail with. You also get the cruise director and the singer likely that you want. You also get ports of call that you will like to go to better. Now, I understand that was considerate of you to book the other cruise that's going to ports of call that your friend would have enjoyed more, but we're not waiting for the friends anymore, right? The friends have not committed. I don't know if they said flat out no, or they just haven't committed yet, but either way, we're not going to make the cruise. So to me, paying a couple of dollars more, for a cruise that is more set up for, for to be advantageous for you having a good good time is absolutely what you should do. You know what I mean? Think about it. A couple hundred dollars over the course of between now and your next cruise will be money that has been well spent. That's my opinion on it. And uh, you know, I, I'm with you on all the other stuff. You know, you have uh, you know, you say I'm sure your personality is great. I think you know, as far as booking a solo cruise, I think. You're not going to know how you're going to do on a solo cruise until you go on a solo cruise. And I think you have to make, you know, Will Smith, when he's not smacking other comedians in the face, he comes up with some good points. And he says, everything you want in this life, your deepest desire, where is it? It's on the other side of fear. And you may be a little afraid to book a solo cruise, but you never know. If you drum up the courage to book that solo cruise and then go around and, you know, force yourself to step out of your comfort zone, you may have one of the best cruises you've ever had of your life. I'm not saying it's going to be easy. I've done solo cruises. I've been lonely on solo cruises. I've had times where I've questioned, do I really like solo cruising while on solo cruises? But then I have had moments also as well where I've mixed and mingled with people and had a great time and experienced pure cruise bliss and enjoyed the absolute hell out of the cruise and say, I can't wait for my next solo cruise. So it's a double-edged sword, but at some point, Bubba, I think you should maybe try it out, see what happens. All right, Tommy. It's great to get back to somewhat normal in the world of cruising with the podcasts. Whether one cruises or not, some more than others, you reflect the truth and knowledgeable material across the board. No wishy-washy nonsense. The reality is that there, there is no perfect or bad cruise line out there. Each line offers their own specific bells and whistles per ship and class. We make the cruise what we want it to be each 
weekday, whether relaxing by the pool with cocktails or lounging on your balcony or doing trivia at the bar. There is no wrong way to enjoy your cruise unless you don't do your research on what that specific ship offers. If there is a problem with food, address it immediately with the head waiter and they will accommodate. On a recent royal sailing, I literally ordered off the kid menu and the head waiter asked if there was a reason nothing on the menu tempted my taste that evening. Don't be ashamed or afraid to ask or voice concerns to crew members. No way a ship can please thousands and thousands of guests of people all the time. Something so annoying to me is for someone to gripe and complain about what the ship doesn't have. We've all heard it over and over time and time again something for the future add to add to the new vibe to get us to get guests who have sailed on a ship to give their feedback from specific ship sailings on the podcast they could give feedback from all aspects even across the pond every little bit of info from arriving at port pre-cruise to getting off the ship gives so much insight we only really have heard yours and Stu's reviews on ships beatrix should be a permanent honorary host with her traveling ventures. Why hasn't Kay been on the show? We hear she makes a, uh, great brownies, but the show is recorded in the Kay compound. It's time to get out of the genie bottle and start venturing out of there. It's always been known as the big three from the U.S. market, but MSC is creeping up there. Isn't it time to really dissect what MSC is all about and whether it's worth taking the plunge or not? You are the King Guido what (laughs) you are the king guido of cruising so let's start the deep diving and let us know the ins and the outs uh ship food loyalty programs their prices seem quite tempting and they have their own private island news 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 but start adding more for fellow cones let's deep dive into cruise lines one by one ports loyalty programs, how to book independent shore excursions, even places like Nachi and Cozumel, passport or not, passport with you or not uh, when you're on uh, in the port, have travel insurance or not, and should I use a travel agent? Does anyone think when in port where U.S. Embassy is? Just in case? Let's end it with no cruise is ever a bad cruise unless I'm drowning in sorrows from a serious, uncontrollable hangover that has me buried in puke with a monster headache laying on the bathroom floor with a rocky sail across the ocean adding to the feeling of death that makes me unable to even keep an eye open or stand to function. And whose fault was that? mine except the rocky sails heck the captain can't control the weather if anything changes our life if anything changed our life for if anything covid changed our life forever and it's time to enjoy life to the fullest and take each day for what it brings keep the momentum thriving king of guido cruising cruising diva what where do you get guido from me like i don't know are you <laughs> I am anything but a Guido. I can't remember. I guess maybe a couple of times have I been kind of like referenced to maybe a Guido. And that's usually really just based on a New York accent. You have to realize that a New York accent doesn't necessarily equate Guido. If you told a Guido, a real Guido, that I was considered a Guido, he would say, 
that ain't no Guido. I am not a Guido. <laughs> not the King Guido of cruising. That is for sure. But Cruising Diva, thank you for the email. There's a lot going on in that one and a lot of interesting things to dissect there. I don't know if I should. I guess maybe I will a little bit. So you're talking about changing up the show and maybe bringing some listeners on. Um, I don't want to necessarily enter into that where you have the Doug Parker world. Cruise Radio does that, a detailed analysis of the sailings that they're on. Uh I don't have a problem doing it every now and then. We did just do that with Scott, right? You heard the Thursday version with Scott. Yes, you're right. We've done it with Stu here and there. And I've done it every once in a while. I give my review on the cruise. And again, what people say is that this podcast is typically me, people, you know, that's that's what the show has been branded as. It hasn't necessarily been a guest-driven show, and that's why I wanted to do the Thursday conversation. I wanted to enter into that world where I'm just going to do a guest, and the conversation is just going to go wherever it's going to go. Sometimes it'll be about a particular sailing. Sometimes it won't. The thing is, you'd be surprised at how many people are not as comfortable getting on a microphone or getting on a call people will say yes they'll be apprehensive they'll get it's just not for everybody so rather than kind of sweat and try to i guess try to hustle to find a guest every week i don't know my lane has been kind of just me ranting and rambling and you know what it's probably going to mostly stay that way uh besides aside from the thursday conversation and if you want to hear me talking yeah you know what maybe we should maybe we should do what you say and incorporate a little bit more ship or sailing reviews on that thursday and i'll definitely take that into consideration but also some of the other stuff that you've talked about i've i feel like i've covered it yeah i do the news but i always spin the news a different way give a little bit of an opinion on the news talk about you know like last week had nothing to do with news i talked about my guide to the perfect cruise for me uh, sometimes i do port profiles sometimes they do top five or top tens i don't think i do all news and you know i have touched on basically everything you said no i've never looked into the embassy thing and i don't really go really too much with travel insurance to me you do get other podcasts that dive into travel insurance and to me it's just that it's a boring topic topic what's next how to properly analyze your sailing bill at the end of the cruise ah, it's just the, the nuts and bolts the the business aspect of it the administrative part of cruising i don't necessarily talk about maybe it would be a little bit of a help but i think what would be the most help to you guys as listeners of the show would be to talk would be me to talk about things that fire me up that's when i'll be able to give you the most uh i guess enthusiastic show me talking about travel insurance is not going to really do it. But I do hear what you say uh, and a lot of it. I do. I could not agree with you more when I talk when you talk about no cruises, a bad cruise. And yes, complainers bother me, too. But you have to watch that, too. When, when people complain about cruising and complain about things on the ship, understand this. When somebody goes on Facebook or leaves a review or complains in person in front of you, when you go back at them. And complain to them about their complaining. All you're really doing is actually complaining, which is ultimately doing what they're doing, right? You know, it becomes like a web. People go on Facebook, bitch about their cruise, and then other people bitch about people bitching about their cruise, which is, no matter how you want to slice it, it's also bitching. So 
If you see something you don't like, probably the best thing to do. I just advise people. I'll drop a quick little hint. If people start complaining and complaining and complaining, I'll say, hey, listen, man, you're on a cruise though, right? Right? You're on a cruise, right? Yeah. Yeah, but this is okay. Well, sorry that happened to you. Good luck. You know what I mean? Don't get into it. You should be first world problems. How dare you complain? That was good. What do you want to do? Go like, don't engage. Maybe I I don't. If I respond to people complaining, it's not because they're complaining pisses me off. Although it might, but that's not the reason for the response. The reason for the response is me to just be, hey, snap out of it. Get back into your cruise mode. Don't let these things that you can't help. Don't let these things that you have nothing to do with, that you can't control, get in the way of you having the greatest week of your life. Enjoy it. Get out there. And that's pretty much it. We have a couple more emails, and I will get to them, but it is an hour and 15 or so minutes into the show. So we're going to wrap it up here, and I'll save a couple for next time. But again, like I said, no housekeeping. If you don't mind, all I would ask is could you share this show with someone who likes cruising or someone who likes podcasting in general, someone who you think might enjoy it. We want to get these numbers up. I want to have, listen, I was a little down and out a couple of weeks ago and a couple of things happened where things kind of, I guess, numbers wise fell into place. Things kind of happened as far as a couple of bookings that I wanted to put in that that, that did come through. So I, I, I'm, 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 I'm ignited. You know what I mean? Positive things happening. Not necessarily big leaps and bounds. I do understand that I have to exercise patience with this whole thing, but at the same time, I do want to see as slow and as steady as it is, some sort of progress. And if we can kind of get this show out there to some other people that you think might enjoy it, that's where that's going to come from. So thank you so much for listening. You guys are the best. Boat Drinks Cones. There's a place where the boat leaves from and takes away. I love your big problems You could worries, you could drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from Take one part sand, one part sea And one part shade of a nine-nine tree And the drinks are cold and the reggae is hot And I know this is the place for me Get away to where the boat leaves from It takes away all of your big problems You could worries, you could drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from Jimmy Perfectly good island somewhere Well, all ride the boats and don't grab your coat You won't need it where we are going Get away to where the boat leaves from It takes away all of your big problems You could worry, you could drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from Pick me up Pick me up Pick me up Put me down Put me down, and when I fall on my stool Put me down, I'll just sleep there till morning comes round With sunshine, ten ladies, and pina coladas And Bob Marley songs that I'm playing There's a song in my ear that I want you to hear Soft tropical lips that are singing Get away 
to where the boat leaves from It takes away all of your big problems You got worries, you can drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from So get away to where the boat leaves from It takes away all of your big problems You got worries, you can drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the So get away to where the boat leaves from It takes away all of your big problems You got worries, you can drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from